0: Road to Life, we love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline and we're gonna hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com and we'll see you next week. I wanna, um, you know, we've been in a series, my wife, Uh, preached uh, Mother's Day, but couldn't quite land the plane. How many of you are with me on that? And so she couldn't land the plane, and so last week she landed the plane and um, did a great job last week. But prior to that, we've been in a series, and the title of it is The Proving Ground. Everybody say Proving Ground. The underlying foundation is that God loves us I think more than we will ever understand in our life, and he has a desire to bless our life. He has, you it doesn't matter if you look Old Testament or you look New Testament, he desires. We see it cover to cover in the Bible. But being the good Father that He is, He wants to make sure that we can handle it and that we have the character and the capacity to handle it so that as He blesses us and pours out on our life, it won't be detrimental or hurt us or cause us to implode in long term because of it's beyond our capacity to handle it within our life, and it negatively affects maybe our relationship. Relationship with him, or it affects negatively our life down here because we just kind of got beyond what we could handle. And so, what we've been talking about is the proving ground. Is that God set up a process of allowing us to go through certain types of tests that reveal us, that prove us, and develop our capacity to handle more in our life? I think everyone here would say, "I'm ready for more." How many of you know what I'm saying? But It's like the story I told you. It's like when my son Micah was four years old, he wanted a motorcycle. How many of you know what I'm saying? Forget the trike, forget the training wheels, forget the bicycle, give me a motorcycle. He made it outside the gate, climbed up on the neighbor's 1100 Ninja and was sitting outside revving. How many of you know that? would be detrimental for him to handle that. And sometimes in our lives, what we've gotta realize is that God is wanting, he's more interested in our inside life than our outside life, because when our inside life is healthy and strong, we can handle the outside stuff in our life. And so he set up a process that he allows us to go through certain types of tests that reveal us, they prove us, they develop us, and they increase our capacity. And just a couple foundation scriptures is we read um, that we're basing this on is Proverbs seventeen three says, "Fire tests the purity of silver and gold." By but the Lord tests our heart. God tests our heart. And we talked about the, the process silver and gold go, went through. In John 15, Jesus said that God is glorified when we bear much fruit, but then he said this, when we bear fruit, that God allows us to be pruned because so that we will bear richer and better um, fruit. You know, if you think about it, If you're a parent here today, you know, I use the analogy of Micah, but if you're a parent here today is you probably started your kid on a three wheeler. How many of you know what I'm saying? Then they went to a two wheeler with training wheels and you watched them and you're like, okay, you're hitting every mailbox. How many of you know what I'm saying? You're not making it to the two wheeler yet. And, and God is exactly the same way in our life. And they grew, and as they grew, it, it gave them the ability to move forward. And so, God is into growing us and causing our lives to be more fruitful. And one of the ways that he does that is we've identified nine different types of tests in the Bible that we see cover to cover, and they equip us, they increase our capacity to handle greater and more. Maybe God's put a dream in your heart, or an aspiration within your life, or maybe you're here and and, and you know, you've got this desire on the inside. I just want to encourage you, it's probably God-inspired, but he's going to let you go through some things that will increase your capacity. So today, we're on number nine. It's the last one, but I'm just going to say very quickly, the first eight. the The first one was the test of small things. How am I in small places? The second was the motivation test. Why do I do what I do? Why do I do it? The third was the credibility test. The fourth was the wilderness test. How do I handle it when I go through a wilderness experience in my life? The fifth was the authority test. God puts us under authority and authority over our life. The sixth was the warfare test. I'm in a battle. The seventh was the offense test. When people do me wrong, how do I handle that? Am I able to get over, forgive, and let it go? The eighth was the test of time, and today we're going to talk about, this is number nine, it's the lordship test in our life. This test occurs when you're in a position or a situation where you must choose to obey God over personal preference or natural instincts in your life. I'm going to say that again. This test occurs when you're in a position or a situation where you must choose. Everybody say choose. Choose. How many of you sometimes want somebody else to choose? Just be honest. You know what I'm saying. How many of you just say, God, just get my brain and make it go that way. Just make it go. But he doesn't do that. This test occurs when you're in a position or a situation where you must choose to obey God over your personal preference or your natural instincts in your life. The question is, do, do you accept that God's way is always the best way? Not sometimes, it's always the best way. And, you know, Jesus, when he was getting ready to go to the cross, and we're going to drill into this a little more, but he said, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life. You know, just after the Last Supper and right after the the First Communion, Jesus faced a crossroad with the pain and the suffering of the cross. Just hours away, he had a choice to make to deny his flesh and submit to the Father's will, or submit to his flesh and deny the Father's will. How many of you are with me on that? In a moment of confession, he tells three of his disciples in Matthew 26, 38, he said that my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, that's what he said. And after telling them to keep watch and pray, he went into the garden, fell with his face to the ground, and he basically said, may this cup or this situation be taken from me, yet not what I will, but what you will be done in my In li- in your in our life. How many of you have had those moments in your life where you're just like, Lord, I ain't feeling it. I just ain't feeling it. I've never had God say, if you ain't feeling it, don't worry about it. We're cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what it is is it's God's like, are you going to, are you going to trust me, or are you going to just do it when you feel like it? Jesus' natural human instincts were telling him to run away from what he knew God had asked him to do on the cross. And this is the tension of the Lordship test in our life some of what God asks us to do is going to contradict what our own instincts and what we feel like doing. And we're not good at this. We are used to the Burger King theme song, have it your way. How many of you know what I'm saying? And God is like, excuse me, but I am not American. God, just in case you didn't know, God is not American. Okay, he's God and we can give into our flesh and ignore the authority and the instruction of God and we'll never experience all of the blessings that God has for us or maybe complete the God-created destination that he wanted us to accomplish in our life. I am grateful that Jesus passed the Lordship test. Because if he didn't pass this lordship test, you and I would not be here right now. We would not. We're on the other side of that. We're here because he passed the lordship test. And he set the example of for every one of us in our life. This is a test of how much we'll let God be the leader and the lord every single day. You know, we talked about the first eight tests. I think in the first eight tests, those are seasons many times in our life. But the Lordship test is not a season, but it's a daily walk. It is a daily. How many of you know Jesus can be Lord now of my life, but in 30 seconds, I got to choose to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do that your way. Okay, God, I'm going to handle it. See, God's will is that we would will his will. That's his will. His will is that I would will his will in my life. This test is laced throughout the previous eight tests, and it's the test that Adam and Eve faced in the garden when God said you can eat of every tree except one. You can eat of every tree except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can't eat from that tree. And I want to just take a moment with that. Why would God say you can't eat from the, from this particular tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And then he said this, in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. You, you will die. And I'm just going to give you my own opinion on this, but I don't believe that we have the capacity to know right or right. From wrong, good from evil, apart from the influence of God and his word on our life. We are biased based on our perceptions, based on our experiences, and based on our desire. We're biased. How many of you know what I'm saying? You say, no, I'm not biased. Take you to a sports game and your team is playing a team that you don't like. You are biased. How many of you know what I'm saying? Throw that ref out of the game. Throw him out. How many of you know what I'm saying? Brett Barve walked up to a ref and he said, don't quit your day job. How many of you know what I'm saying? and 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 what it is, is when, if you think about it, is we're slanted in our life based on our experiences, based on our desires, based on our prejudices and the way that we think we're slanted in that. And there are going to be times where God is going to ask us to do something that strictly from our view, it doesn't make sense, and we don't feel like doing it. How many of you are with me? Am I the only one? You know what I'm saying? Can we just do an exercise? Can we just do a little exercise? Okay, go like this. Point yourself. Just go like this. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. There you go. You're going to do it. I mean, think about this for a moment. Peter, he's with Jesus in Matthew 16. And Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to go to the cross. He tells them he's going to go to the cross. And Peter pulls Jesus aside and lets him know that he disagrees. And I want to just pick up that story in Matthew 16, verse 22 and 23. But Peter took him aside, that's Jesus, and began to reprimand him, saying such things as this, heaven forbid, Lord. I mean, that's an oxymoron. (laughs) You're in charge, but no. How many of you, you're Lord, but no. I mean, how many times as Christians do we do that? You're the Lord of my life, you're first, but no. No, he said, heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Now, look at Jesus. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. That's the lordship test. Seeing things from a human point of view. I only see this based on my feelings. I only see this based on my reasoning. I only see this based on what I feel like doing. And what I, if you look at this, is think about this for a moment, is Jesus knew what God was asking him. And then he had someone else in his life chiming in with his flesh because we read the story and we knew Jesus was like, is there any way that I can avoid this? Then Peter comes and chimes in with his flesh and Jesus very quickly closed the door to this and said, no, you're be, you don't know it, but you're a tool of the enemy right now because I know what God is asking me to do. I want to look at something the apostle Paul said some 30 years after this happened after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's talking about what Jesus, after he passed this test, what he received in his life. In Philippians 2 verse 7, it says this, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Now, look at this. That was the test. That, that right there, that was, the, that was the test. Now, look at what it says in verse 9. Therefore, or because he passed it, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What I want you to notice is this. Do you remember when Satan tempted Jesus? Uh, when he when in Luke 3, when he, uh, right after he was baptized, he said, I will give you all of this. You don't have to go through this. Jesus went through it. And then God gave him everything. Sometimes in our life, we're saying, God, I believe you've called me to this, but we don't want to go through the test that develop us to get to that place in our life. See, God's way up at times can be in our mind look like it's down. And it's not not a reason test. It's an obedience test. It's a test that says, God, I'm going to trust you. God, you gave me this intellect and I'll use it to navigate my course unless you reveal something different through your word or you personally lead me. I'll always put what you say above my personal desires and my feelings within my life because I trust you more than I trust myself. See, that is the lordship test. That's the lordship test. That is a profound prayer. And this is a test that takes us all the way back to original design. It takes us all the way back. How many of you have ever looked at Adam and Eve and said, were they idiots? How many of you know what I'm saying? In the garden. But as we expand and look at the lordship test here, what we realize is it was a reasoning thing apart from God. It was a reasoning. God said this. Well, Lord, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm not feeling it. They're not a nice person. I'm not going there. I don't understand. Every day we go through that test in our life. There is no lasting freedom in our lives without lordship because the root system of lordship is trust. I don't have just a blind lordship. Is I have trust. I trust God because He's seen me through over and over and over and over. And I have just found this that His plan is always better. It's always better. When we moved here from San Diego, our Christian friends included, they said to us, "You're an idiot." How many of you know what I'm saying? They said, you have, everything is comfortable here. Everything is great here. Why are you doing? A neighbor came over and said, we owned a couple of houses. And a neighbor came over and said, why don't you keep one of your houses? Because you're going to get there and you've never lived in the north. And you're going to be back in a few months. I remember, I remember being like, no. No, but what it is, is can I trust, God, can I trust you more than I trust myself because I know that I'm biased in my life. I know it, God. I know that I'm biased. I know that I have my biases. I know that I have my perceptions of the way I think. See, I don't see the big picture, but you see the big picture, and it brings me great security and great peace in my life that God is navigating my life. There's no greater freedom than trusting God. No greater freedom than just saying, God, you got it? I'm cool. You got it? I'm good with it. I want to, with my remaining time, I want to give you four things that we've got to settle on and remember to pass the Lordship test. Number one is this God is always right. He's always right. I said it earlier, I'm biased. I have a limited understanding, but God is unbiased. There's no limit to his understanding, and he loves me. God loves me. One thing, you know, one thing I have the honor of doing as a minister is marrying people. I just we did I just did a wedding on Friday night. And then another thing it, that I have the privilege of doing is burying people or seeing gra- as they graduate and go home to be with the Lord and and do their celebration services. And it's almost like two extremes in our life. And if we can just stop and say God, when I am celebratory, I'm going to put you first. And Lord, when it's difficult, I'm going to put you first in my life. Number 2 is this is cultivate a leaning lifestyle. Cultivate a leaning lifestyle. It says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I think it's interesting is if you look at this verse, The very first thing he said is trust in the Lord with 50% of your heart. 75. Talk to me now. 85. Look at what he said. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he said, here's the battle. Don't depend on your own understanding. And then look at this. Seek his will in all you do. And then he will show you the path to take, but it all started with trust. It all started with trusting. You know, when the Israelites, if you study their life when they, uh, in the Old Testament, when they came out of Egypt, it was based on a promise of a better. And I want you, I want to look at something that God said to them in route to the better. And it's in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. He said, if you fully obey the Lord your God, And carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. And I'm not going to list them, but I mean, I'm not going to read all the verses. But you see five blessings that God promises after that. He said, you'll have blessings on your journey. Then he said, you're going to have blessing on your descendants, your children, your grandchildren. Then he said, you're going to have blessings on your possessions, the things that you own. Then you're going to have blessings in your battles. And then he said, you'll have blessings in your finances. See, this is a blessing release, not a blessing bribe. And I want to be clear when I say that. It's some people, oh, if I do this and I bribe God and God does this. No, this is the way that it works is realize God created a physical and spiritual universe to respond favorably when we do the right thing. He, it, it responds favorably to our life. It responds favorably, and there's, there's corresponding actions to it in our life. The Bible is simply an instruction manual of what kind of behavior is blessed and what kind of behavior is cursed. That's pretty much, it's an instruction. Yes, it's, it, it gives us instruction. And if you were to go run a marathon, how many of you know, how many runners do we have here? But I remember one time I, I was, I think I was lied to. Um, they on a long bike ride, and they, they said it was like a uh, it was like a 50 mile bike ride, and they told me it was all downhill and it was really easy, and so I stopped in to, um, before the bike ride hadn't rode at all mountain bike ride, um, and got a 7-Eleven burrito. How many of you are with me on a 7 7-Eleven burrito? 7-Eleven burrito makes Taco Bell look like filet mignon. Just in case you didn't know, but I thought oh, I'll get a. I'm gonna have a 7-Eleven burrito and a 36-ounce coffee, and I gave up my burrito in the first three miles. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's because I when I, when you look at it, you know you realize this is that if we're gonna run a marathon. There are certain foods that will boost your energy and sustain you. But if you choose to eat two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, understand it'll affect your race. It'll affect your race. Number three is this, is be intentional about feast and famine lordship in your life. Be intentional about feast or famine lordship in your life. You say, what do you mean by that? It can be easy to make him Lord when everything's favorable and everything's good. Oh, every, there's a but everything is agreeable, everything is favorable. But what about when you're possibly in a time of famine or you're in a time of adversity? Will lordship be the same in my life? Does lordship change based on the season that I'm in? A lordship that's independent of my circumstances, where I just say, you know what, God, independent of my circumstances in my life. Do you know that when we moved here, I said to my wife, and this is 22 years ago, we were in San Diego, and, and I get it, I understand this. Um, we had four young children, and, um, and life was really comfortable for us. It was very comfortable. I'll even say this, it was too comfortable for me. It was true, and and God starts stirring me up on the inside. Change is coming. Change is coming. So I said to my wife, I said, I don't know, baby. I feel like change is coming. I feel like we should sell that house, and I feel like change is coming. And she looked at me like, "What are you talking about? How many of you know?" But something on the inside was like God was making a shift, and and I remember that just kind of following Him. Number four is this: is God has a love language. God is a love language. You know in in the book The 5 Love Languages by Gary Chapman, he explains that there are five different categories that we all fit into that when it that when it comes to connecting to and feeling loved by somebody else. That's kind of his his premise and, and it's a it's a great book. I would recommend that you read it. You know some People feel loved by gifts. You give them gifts and they feel loved. Other people feel loved by words of affirmation. When you encourage and you lift them. Maybe yours is acts of service. When somebody serves you and does some things for you, you just feel loved. Maybe somebody else, it's it's personal touch in your life. But there's five different of these that cause you to actually feel loved. Are you kidding me? Are you guys like knocking me off of here? Okay. Well, what's God's love language? Who better to ask than Jesus? Because Jesus answered God's love language in John 14 and John 15. It says this in John 14, 21. Those who accept my commands, commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them. Now, I want to be clear when I say this. We know that God loves the whole world. Are we right with that? He loves everybody. But for me to experience it experientially in my everyday life, the love of God and connected to it, it's directly connected to the Lordship test in my life. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Look at what it says in uh, John 15, 9. Jesus said this. He said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love, When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now, I want to be clear about this. Understand the difference between perfection and perfect heartedness. There's a difference. None of us are perfect. How many of you are with me on that? Let me just ask you a question right now. How many of us could say, I failed the Lordship test at least once this week? You know what I'm saying? I failed, at least, I, I failed, you know, I said something I knew God didn't want me to say. How many of you know what I'm saying? I responded in a way that I maybe, you know, you, you realize this. God is into perfect hearted. Perfect hearted is the moment that I see it, I say, Lord, I'm sorry. If it was with somebody else, I'm sorry. God, I'm asking you to help me. Forgive me and help me because I want to be more like you. I want to sense you greater in my life. And there's a difference. Let's stand to our feet if we could. I wonder today, as we talk about this, and I want to just maybe zero in on one thing. What area is the Holy Spirit highlighting in your mind right now that you need to make a decision? You need to make a decision right now in regard to lordship. Maybe it's been an area and I want to be clear. It's just kicked your tail. And you're just like, this area has kicked my tail. I want to be really clear. God is not saying fix it. He's saying agree with him. That's what he's saying. Many times we can't fix the areas, but what we can do is say, Lord, I agree with you. I give you my heart and I'm asking you and the presence of your Holy Spirit to come into this area of my life because I agree with you. I want your will. I want your way. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. But Lord, I'm not camping there. I'm not staying there. I'm growing. from there. Are you with me today? Are you with me today? I want us to just put your hand right now on your chest. Just put your hand on your chest. And between you and the Lord right now, whatever that is, just between you and him, just invite him to come into that area. Just invite him. Say, Lord, I, I agree with you. God, today as we come before you, Lord, we don't understand ourselves sometimes. We don't know why we react or why we do the things that we do, but Lord, we're growing and we need you. And Lord, as we talk about this lordship test in our life, our heart desire is to pass it. Lord, we clearly see that you got the name above every other name after you passed this test. Lord, we're not seeking a position or a reward. We're seeking you within our life because we have found out that the difference between a great life and an okay life is where you're at in it. And Lord, we invite you today. We invite your Holy Spirit today to empower us, to touch that area. Lord, help us to grow. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everyone to look at me for a moment you're here today, our goal as a church is that every time you come, you get one step closer to God. But I equally realize that as I stand up here, that what's really important is that when we talk about God in our life, that we go to him and we say, God, how do I get closer to you in my life? And the very first step we see in the Bible is Jesus said it like this, that we must be born again or born of the spirit and invite Jesus to come in and be the Lord of our life. And I want to be clear, God does is not trying to make you religious. He's wanting you to know him in a real way. He's wanting you to sense him. In your everyday life. And it all starts with you coming to the point in your life where you slide all of your chips into the middle of the table and you say, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my life, and I invite you to come in and to be the Lord of my life. You're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here today and you say, you know what? That's me and I know it. Maybe you're here and you said, oh, I did that before, but I am not where I should be, and I know it. I know it. Right now, the Holy Spirit is drawing you. He's drawing you. You say, why is he drawing me? Because God loves you. You were created for a relationship with him, and when that is right, life works. Today, he's drawing you, and he's wanting you to respond to him. If that's you today, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. Say, why am I lifting my hand? You're coming out of the comfort place and saying, Lord, right now I go all in. That's you. One, two, three. Lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, I see. Thank you. I want to lead us all in this prayer. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. That you gave your life to pay for my mistakes. And Lord, I need you. And I'm asking you, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Lord, I give you my past. I invite you into my present. And I give you the rest of my life. Lead me and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a shout. Thank you, Lord.